Hello, and welcome to the Keepers of the Flame podcast. This is a show to shine a light into the darkness, to empower women, their support networks, and our communities to weather breast cancer, because together we weather the storm. But on this ocean, every wave brings you closer to home. Hello and welcome back to Keepers of the Flame podcast. I'm Joyce Williams, your host, and this is episode number 19, Outreach with Susan G. Coleman, Coastal Georgia. I first met with this organization back in the winter of 2017. Y'all, it was the year for me. It was the year that I found out that I had cancer. And it was the year that I struggled through my own personal storm. It was the year that I fought like hell for my life. I had cancer. I had a bilateral mastectomy done July 2017. Chemo finished in October. I had a hysterectomy and reconstruction that was completed December 2017. And then later radiation in April of 2018. But it was those bleak, bleak winter days where hope shined down on me. I knew I was fortunate for having found my cancer early. Early detection saves lives, y'all. There's absolutely no question about it. The fact that I found mine early saved my life. My neighborhood does a light the night parade every Christmas where they decorate their golf carts and they have this big parade. It's a huge fundraisers and they always pick a family for those proceeds to benefit, a family in the neighborhood. And one day my phone rang and they asked if they could sponsor me. My husband and I, we talked it over and I told the committee that if they chose me, that we would want to pay it forward. And they in turn told us that that would be our choice. That was our decision. And so I made a promise at that moment in time when my neighbors came to support me in the worst moment of my entire life, I made a promise that it wouldn't be the end for me, that it was going to only be the beginning. And I take that love and that light that they shined on me, and I try to spread it to others, to light the night, to light up that darkness for other women battling this terrible disease. I have endured pain, and I have known grief, but I have known compassion and gratitude as well. And I wanted that next woman to know the same. So I did some research and found a local nonprofit, Susan G. Komen Coastal Georgia. They service nine counties in the coastal Georgia area, including Effingham, Bullock, Bryan, Chatham, Liberty, Long, McIntosh, Glen, and Camden counties. They even sponsor mammogram vans that go into low-income areas so that women can get the screening that they need. Early detection, y'all, is absolutely critical. I had my second surgery in December of 2017. And when I came home from the hospital, that night was actually the parade. That was that fundraiser where they were raising the funds on my behalf. And my husband carried my rocking chair out onto that porch, and I was snuggled up with about a thousand blankets. And I waved as my community rallied around me and my story. And about three or four days after that, after my surgery, I started going to local businesses to see if any of them were willing to contribute and or possibly match the donations that my neighborhood had made to me. Because it was my intention to take everything and turn it all in to this local charity, Coman Coastal Georgia, the beginning of January. And I did. 
And that's when I officially met the director of our local affiliate, Aileen, and the community engagement manager, Julie. They both work at Susan G. Komen Coastal Georgia, and I'm very, very pleased to welcome Julie to our show today to talk about some of the programs that our local affiliate, the Susan Komen Coastal Georgia branch, what they sponsor. How is it that Komen works towards saving lives? What are their biggest fundraisers that support their mission? And how can people get involved with their own communities? Because as we've said before, it's not one person that makes this huge difference. It's all of these little flickers that come together. Because together, we weather the storm. Well, welcome, Julie. We are so excited to have you here to talk to us a little bit about all the things that Komen does to work towards saving lives right here in our backyard. So welcome. Thank you. Let's get a quick background history lesson here on the Susan G. Komen Foundation, like what it's all about and how it came to be. So first of all, it's a nonprofit, right? Correct. It's a nonprofit, community-based, but an international organization dedicated to saving lives from breast cancer. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't realize it's international. Yes. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I knew, I, I did want to make sure that everybody understood that it's nationwide. nationwide. I didn't realize that it was international. We have some affiliates over, overseas. That is fantastic. Yes. And it was founded, um, my understanding is it was founded 37 years ago by Nancy Goodman Brinker, right? And, yeah. And why did she start this whole foundation? Her sister Susie was diagnosed very young in her 30s, and by the time they found her breast cancer, it was pretty far gone, and she did die of the disease a few years later. In 1982, Nancy Brinker started Susan G. Komen in her memory because she had told Susie that she would do everything in her power to end breast cancer forever. Um, and that's what she's doing. And that's that's the ultimate goal for all of us because yes. this disease is horrible and we want to see an end to it. So going off of that then, what is the mission of this organization, of Susan G. Komen? Our mission is to literally save lives. The mission statement is to save lives by meeting the most critical needs in our communities and investing in breakthrough research to prevent and cure breast cancer. So it's two parts, investing in our communities through local community health grants and investing in research that's going to save lives nationwide. And push forward to find that cure. Yes. And in 2016, Komen came up with a new bold goal, which I think is amazing. So what is that? What is that bold goal? The bold goal is to reduce breast cancer mortality by 50% by the year 2026. I love that. I love yes. that because that, that is the heart at what, you know, this organization is trying to do is ultimately save lives. Yes. Because every everything that we do in this world, like, has an impact on somebody else, right? So the more the more lives that we can save, the the more we change the world. That's right. Ultimately. Yes. So I first met you when I came down, I had my own surgery and my neighborhood had raised funds for me. And so, and I think it was in January, the proceeds that that they made from that event, I decided that we were going to pay it forward because I didn't want the story to end with us. We wanted more lives to be saved. And so I came down and that's the first time that I, I met you guys. And soon after that, I was invited to attend the Komen Awards breakfast. And it was a beautiful event where our local affiliate, uh, Komen Coastal Georgia, recognizes the grantees that you have for that year. And this was a very, very special moment for me for a couple of reasons. But 
One of which was that you had two speakers that were there that year. And one of them held up a sign that said, do you remember what it said? Yes. What did it a tell A Coleman Grant saved my life. I think that is so powerful. And when I saw that and I heard her speak, it made me, it made me want to cry because it came down to that bottom line of saving lives. And yes. there she was right on up there. Her life was saved because of the work that Coleman does. And it just, it spoke volumes. And then to the other speaker that you guys had there this particular year, you guys had a radiologist oncologist that came to speak. And in his presentation, he was talking about kind of the history about how treatment has changed over the years. And I thought that was really powerful too, because that's when I realized that when we combine our efforts, that's when we really are able to push forward to find that cure. Because at first I was getting all bummed. I was like, man, I wish I just had like a big pocket of, you know, coins that I could just deposit in the piggy bank and ta-da, change the world. But the reality is, is it doesn't work like that. And this was a moment where I got to, I got, it kind of just hit home that it's not one person that makes all the difference. It's all of us coming together and every little bit really does matter. There's, you showed me that power of one video. Tell us about briefly about that power of one. So the power of one video is, is, is a really great video. It's like a couple of minutes long, but it's really impactful in that it says, you know, if cancer cells start so small and they grow and can take over, imagine what one of you can do. So one person together with another person, with another person, with another person is a force to be reckoned with. So it's the power of one, one, one penny, one hour, one volunteerism, whatever you can donate, um, you know, your time, talent, what money, whatever. Exactly. It all adds up. So one really isn't that little, like you can be that one person that comes together with others that really does push forward and changes the world. I mean, look at, uh, Susan's Komen's sister, what she did, you know? Okay. So talking about the Komen Awards breakfast, this was such going back to that for a minute. This is where you, every year you acknowledge the grantees that you guys have for that year. And and they, they may vary from, from year to year, but Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about them so that people listening can have a better idea of the sorts of things that Komen makes possible right here in our backyard. Okay. So we are a funder, but not a provider of direct services. So we partner with other nonprofit organizations that are also reaching towards our mission of a world without a vision of our world of a world without breast cancer. We grant out money that's raised from the race and from big wigs, third party events, private and corporate donations. And we turn around and we grant that out to nonprofit service organizations that are providing screening and diagnostic breast services for people who cannot afford it otherwise. I think that's one of the things that drew me in to you guys here at this organization was when my neighborhood raised those funds for me, I was like, well, my life was saved because I found my cancer early. Mm -hmm. And that's just so, I can't put words to that to just say how empowering and how grateful I am for that. And I wanted the next person to be able to do that. And And that happens when you have these grants available. Like I remember doing a little bit of research and digging and going, oh, wow, they even support people that have, say, mammograms that or mammogram vans that go into low income areas. So basically 
women that can't afford it have that opportunity to get screened, to right. try to find it early. And the whole point, again, is going back to saving lives, mm-hmm. right? There's a saying here that says, raised here stays here. What does that mean? It means that literally the money that is raised here, donated, fundraised here, stays in this community of nine counties. So we have 75% stays here in the local community for education, screening, diagnostics, patient navigation, transportation assistance, to and from treatment, and then the remaining 25% goes to our national research program. And really, I like to tell people, if you have been diagnosed and treated for breast cancer, you have probably benefited from some Cohen research along the way. Right. Yeah, and I want to talk about some of that research because there's some there's some good stuff out there. But first, let's talk. You had said um, education, screening, diagnostic treatments, and stuff. Let's let's start about with education. What is the Worship in Pink program? That is our free faith-based program where we recruit and train ambassadors from faith-based organizations, churches, synagogues, mosques, any kind of faith-based organization. A lot of sororities will participate too because they want to they want to get in on on the education too. So we'll recruit them. We call them ambassadors. So then they go back to their places of worship and they're like the point person in their church or their organization for breast cancer resources. So we train them about breast cancer. We talk to them about the resources that are available locally so that if somebody needs a mammogram in their congregation, they know who to go to, and then that person can direct them where to go. Right. They're not sitting in the dark. They know that there is there is a place that you can go to find help, and or there's a place that you can go to provide help to support with this whole overarching mission. Exactly. Of- Okay, so so what about the there's a Pink Hair Warrior program? What's what's that one? The Pink Hair Warrior program was actually started in this affiliate. It's been adopted by some other affiliates across the network. So we're very proud of the Pink Hair Warrior program. That started because Thea Jenkins, who started the program here, uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer at age 40 on her baseline mammogram, and she was encouraged to go get the mammogram by a hairstylist who was also a friend of hers. The hairstylist sent out a mass text to all her friends saying, the mobile mammogram program is going to be in this spot on this day. Sign up. I know you probably don't have insurance Mm because they're working for themselves um, as hairstylists. So Thea went ahead and got her mammogram after after being, you know, urged by her friend who was a hairstylist um, and was found to have stage zero breast cancer. She's now 10 years into her survivorship. But when she was recovering from surgery and chemotherapy, she decided that if she could reach one, she could teach one. And that the idea about a hairstylist talking to their clients about breast cancer was just kind of a natural fit because in a lot of communities, hairstylists are seen as healthcare providers in some sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talk to them, we sit there for hours and we talk to them about everything. So why not have the hairstylist bring up information about breast cancer and the availability of local resources? Right. And that's an evidence-based strategy that's been proven to show positive change. That that is awesome, and so it's about educating the community on what breast cancer is and the resources that are available as well in a one-on-one setting. Right. Yes. Okay. So then, what what do you find is the biggest, or maybe one of the biggest barriers in educating women on breast cancer? 
I think in this area, it's access to care. A lot of women know that they need to get a mammogram, but they may not have access to it because we have such a rural area. Um, We've got some pockets of pretty medically underserved individuals that are maybe without transportation or they are without childcare. They would have to potentially drive for an hour into town to get a mammogram, take off work. So the working poor and the medically underserved are hit hard in that way. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned before the the various counties that you serve. So when you say this area, you're not just talking about downtown Savannah, you're talking about these counties within the area that that you service what are exactly what are these service these counties we serve Bryan, bullock camden chatham effingham Glen, liberty long and mcintosh county okay they're all on the coast of georgia okay and so if somebody out there is listening and they're like oh my gosh this is me this is something that i need to contact somebody because i i know that i might need this service but i'm not really sure what my next step is. So for screenings, diagnostic treatments, that all, as you said, happens through your the grants and stuff. So if someone is needing assistance, who do they call? Like, how do they reach out for help? They can call me directly. Okay. So um, the, because they, I'm aware of what resources are available in the community, and I can get them plugged in based on whether they have insurance or don't have insurance or a doctor or don't have a doctor. There are different qualifications for different programs, but they can call me and I'll help navigate them through that. So if they are sitting in that situation and they're like, okay, I need to be proactive for myself, but they're not necessarily sure their next move or how to do it, and they're, they just don't know what their options are, where to go. Mm-hmm. If they reach out to Susan Komen, Coastal Georgia, then you can help. Absolutely. Julie will yes. help them. And what I mentioned before, too, about the having insurance is we, we still serve people that do have insurance from time to time because they may have really high deductibles mm-hmm. or, you know, exorbitant co-pays that prevent them from being able to afford the out-of-pocket expense right. associated with imaging. Right. So just because you have insurance – that doesn't disqualify them from getting services. Right. And to know, the only way that they're going to know is if they pick up the phone and they reach out to you guys here so right. that they can they can get that question answered. Yes. But you have to call and ask the question. You have to you have to pick up the phone, you have to reach out, you have to make that step, but know that resources are available to help you if you're needed and if you qualify. And and putting this into perspective a bit. Because I thought this was just a powerful message to hear. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it true that one mammogram costs about a hundred dollars, right? So every approximately yes. Okay, so more, so more or less. Mm-hmm. So you can think about it that every hundred dollars that you raise ultimately can help somebody get that screening that they need. Correct. Okay, so that's a little bit about education. Let's. Let's switch gears to research for okay. just for just a smidge here. You mentioned that a percentage of the funds raised goes towards some of this cutting edge research, which I will be honest, a lot of it is whoosh over my head, but it is so I mean, the best way to describe it is cutting edge. Because it, it is it is amazing to hear. And actually last year you had somebody come from the Mayo Clinic and talk about some of the work that they were doing. Tell us just a bit about who came and what they were yeah. talking about. So we have, um, across the affiliate network, we have about 60 Komen scholars. These are 
researchers, scientists, physicians who are studying breast cancer prevention, early detection, better treatment modalities, survivorship issues, recurrence issues. And so we were lucky enough to have Dr. Keith Knutson this March come down. Well, he came up from the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville. He's actually studying um, the first ever of its kind breast cancer vaccine for the prevention of the recurrence of breast cancer. Right. And that was, um, I I know I I went and I listened to that lecture and it was just incredibly fascinating. Like, I mean, when I say cutting edge, I really do mean cutting edge. Like I I like to think that I'm a smart person, that I know science, (laughs) but I don't know that much science. So to know that you have these really bright individuals that are working on this amazing cutting edge science stuff to actually push forward and to work towards finding that cure. Exactly. That is huge. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, goes back to your mission, saving lives, right? Well, yes. okay, let's find it early. So get those services out there, do your screenings. But let's not forget about research either because we want to be able to squash this little booger, you know, yes. cancer if mm-hmm. it does arrive. So what is what are the steps that we need in order to work towards finding a cure? And research is where that happens. So Absolutely. T- to hear that was pretty awesome. Yes, it is awesome. So Komen Coastal Georgia, you guys are also working on a new initiative here to support women that are currently living with metastatic breast cancer. And right now, y'all are in the process of collecting data from those who know this best. Those that know the needs best are those that are actually living with that diagnosis. So for anybody who is out there listening and maybe living with metastatic breast cancer and they want their voice to be heard, where should they go or who should they contact in order to do that? They can contact us through our website or on the phone and speak to me. We are trying to work with some of the other the service organizations, both hospitals in Savannah, a couple of hospitals in the other areas, on reaching those that are living with metastatic breast cancer so that they don't feel like they have been forgotten. Right. The needs of a breast cancer survivor at stage zero or one are very different than the needs of someone who's been diagnosed at stage four or who has become stage four. Right. And for those, if if, if anybody listening doesn't know what that means, metastatic breast cancer, meaning that it has spread and it's gone to another part of the body. Correct. So it's it's a higher stage of diagnosis. and, And as you said, their needs are going to be different. Right. So what their needs are and what we can do for them you're collecting that that data and that information. So if somebody is is living with it and knows, we want to hear from you. Right, exactly. All of these are incredible opportunities that you have in our community, and they are they're set in place to help women and ultimately reach that mission of saving lives. But they exist because of the sponsors, because of the donations and the fundraising that's actually done here. So let's switch and talk about that a little bit. Your biggest fundraiser for the year is the Race for the Cure? Yes. Okay, so tell us a little bit about that, when it is, how people sign up. The race is so much fun. It's a sea of pink. Um, yes. It's lots of survivors, those that are living with metastatic breast cancer, volunteers, board members, community partners, sponsors, Runners, walkers, crawlers, I mean, everybody comes out. It's really definitely a community event. Um, It's held in April every year, downtown on Ellis Square. Um, Next year, it'll be April 18th. um, 2020. 2020. 
And it's a five k, um, right? It's a five k. Most people walk it. I, I wanted to make sure people knew that because I I don't want people thinking like, oh, I can't run five k like that's intense. But right. Run, walk, and I, like you said, crawl too. Yes. However, you can get strollers. Everybody, yeah. people bring their dogs out. I mean, it's just a really great event. And we have like a warm up, a little aerobic warm up. We have award ceremonies at the end for the top fundraisers. And we got music playing. Everybody's like line dancing. And, <laughs> and 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 it's about this this whole idea of pushing forward for raising those funds to make all of these things that we talked about in the happen. beginning actually happen. Yes. Personally, I found this was empowering for me too, and and a little emotional. I I did it. Um, Okay, so the first the first year that I that I did it here in Savannah, I was actually in the middle of my radiation treatment. But what was pretty cool about it is that my family crossed that finish line to the race with me, and it was really symbolic. Like, okay, we crossed this race together, holding hands, and in a couple of weeks, we're gonna cross the finish line to my own personal treatment together as a family. Like, it was pretty symbolic, and then. La- the next year, last year, um, I was honored to be one of your featured survivors and with um, Elena. And what was really cool about this race for me personally was that of all people to find at the end of the race, she and I just happened in the shoot. We happened in the finish line shoot. We happened to find each other. And she and I um, held hands as we crossed the finish line last year together. And that too was pretty symbolic to me because she and I, having lived through this, we we may have known pain and we may have known heartache, but we would rise, we would push forward with each each step, which is one of the reasons why I like that whole idea of the it race. It is very each symbolic. Yes. step we, to reach this ultimate finish line, not just the finish line of last year's race, but the ultimate finish line of pushing forward to finding one day that cure. And so... Race holds a special place in my in my own heart here yeah, for for several very reasons. Special. We have a really cute picture of you two yeah. <laughs> crossing the finish line together with your arms up in the air. Yes. <laughs> it was just it was really an empowering moment, and and I think I think so for for anybody really like it because when you're out there and you see as you said this sea of pink, it is everybody coming together and rallying to support those that are are having to deal with this and to fight against breast cancer. So yes. Something unique and special to the Savannah area here and this um, Coastal Georgia affiliate is the Coleman Bigwigs. Yes. Right? Okay. So that's a big fundraiser. Tell us more about, for those that know nothing, I may have heard about Bigwig and I know that I've seen pictures of people with pink hair, but I really don't know what it's all about. Tell us, tell us so that they know. Okay. So the Coleman Coastal Georgia Bigwigs program actually started here in this affiliate as well. And there are other affiliates across the network that are now adopting this model for fundraising. So what we do is we all know big wigs in society. We know the movers and shakers, who's who, who's influential and well-connected in the community, mm-hmm. um, not shy. Right. <laughs> and what we do is we recruit them. They're nominated by their peers. We recruit them then and we train them about Komen, um, what Komen does, where the money goes, and our, our whole purpose. Right. And then they get a professional headshot um, with John Alexander Photography here in Savannah and Lindy um, Cofer thompson in Brunswick. 
We have a Savannah campaign and a Brunswick campaign that run together. We have about 10 to 12 bigwigs in Savannah and five in Brunswick. And they're committed to raising money throughout the six-week campaign. But they have the professional headshot done. The fun part is they get to don a pink wig. Aww. We supply the wigs. So they just come to the office and we yeah. style them. And they, they pick out their wigs. We style them. We do a variety of poses with props, pink bows right. and pink hats and things like that. And we have billboards around town. And right. We support them as they raise their money. We give them fundraising ideas. Right. And it culminates after six weeks with a big wig bash. Awesome. And this runs uh, September to November timeframe? This is going to be this year at September 17th through November 7th. Okay. So if the community is seeing these billboards and seeing these individuals with the, you know, that are, that are chosen to be the, the big wigs for the year, how can they um, rally behind and support them? They can attend their events. They can donate. Just help them with ideas. People have gone from having like house parties to bake sales, to a concert, to a restaurant giving a percentage of proceeds from the evening. There are so many ways to raise the money. A letter writing campaign, I think, is a very important piece of it, too. Yeah. So if the average Joe Schmo out there listening, which would I would I would consider myself average Joe Schmo here. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a big wig. So um, but for the average average person listening here, if they want to if they're like, oh, I want to help with this. This sounds like fun. How can I get involved? They can go and find a big wig by looking on your website and then and then accessing the information through exactly. there. To- Each big wig has their own will have their own um, fundraising page on our website. We'll help them set up a Facebook fundraiser as well. So if you're, you know, friends with somebody who's been chosen as a big wig or you just really like the energy coming from that one big wig, throw your energy and your support behind that person and you can help create the biggest big wig for 2019. The the biggest big wig. So friendly friendly (laughs) competition here. I like it. So when we hear one of Komen's mottos is be more than pink, what does it, what does that mean? Break that down for us. So what that means to me is that we're not just out there with releasing pink balloons for awareness. We're not just, you know, handing out pink candies. We're actually putting our money where our mouths are. We're providing the screening, the diagnostics, the patient navigation, the treatment assistance, the transportation assistance, support programs, educational programs for people to actually fight this disease. So it's we're more than just pink. We're more than just something pretty out there. We're actually action. Right. Action oriented and and working forward to make all of this happen. Absolutely. So for those that are listening, be it wanting to get involved with the big wigs or the race for the cure or whatever, if even if it's not a time of the year that, that one of those fundraisers is going on, how can they get involved? And, and I want to ask that because I feel like I feel like for me personally and for a lot of other people that I've talked to who have actually walked this horrific walk of having to deal with a cancer diagnosis, sometimes it can be healing and empowering to push forward and find purpose from your pain. I know that it's helped me tremendously. And 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 perhaps maybe this this might be it for you. Maybe maybe getting involved with a you know charitable organization and helping to push forward so that you know we can work towards having that world without breast cancer. Maybe that could be a purpose for you after your your own journey. If so, how can they go about making those steps to get involved? 
So people can be involved in a variety of ways, which I love about Comb in Coastal Georgia, because if you want like to work by yourself and you want to just come into the office and cut pink ribbons or help us stuff envelopes for a mailing campaign or help us organize after the race, you know, we need help in those kind of areas. Enter registrations in our constituent database. Mm -hmm. Um, We have things like that. We have outreach opportunities. So we go to health fairs and expos all throughout the service area, and we need volunteers to help staff those outreach tables. We bring a tablecloth and candy Mm -hmm. and outreach brochures and things like that, and just to get the word out about about Komen. And what you guys, yeah, yeah. So not only, there's not only that, the actual fundraising piece, but then there's the behind the scenes exactly. work as well. That in right. any and all of it is is very much appreciated and makes a difference. Yes, we have a grants uh, review panel committee. Um, a, a panel, a small elite panel of um, professionals that are actually reviewing and scoring all of the grant applications that we get every year. And they help. De- they determine the slate of grants for the year. We have a volunteer board of directors. We have a race committee that works mm-hmm. almost all year long. About 10 months out of the year, we're working to plan each race. Right. Um, and there's a variety of subcommittees that you can serve on. We had somebody come up to me the other day that said, you know, I would like to sponsor, but I, I can't sponsor at a large level, but I play a musical instrument. Can I play for a party for you? Aww. And so he played the steel drums. Yeah. And at our volunteer appreciation event. And then we had volunteers at the volunteer appreciation event helping to set up for the volunteer appreciation event. I always try to get them not to do it because I want to do it all for them at least one time. Right. But they, they're so used to working. They yeah. just, they want to pitch in. Right. So we have event planner volunteers. We have just a variety of volunteers. And as we said before, when you're talking about the power of one, this is where that matters too, because all of this little bit comes together to help put on and to make all of these other opportunities available for the community, like right here in our own backyard, making this available. Yes, absolutely. I want to end with one of my favorite questions for asking people, because I think it gets at the heart of what I'm trying to do with the whole podcast is letting women know that they're not alone in this journey and that they can weather their storm. So that being said, what's one thing that you'd like women who are either diagnosed today or tomorrow to walk away knowing from this episode? I think it's very important to know that in the United States right now, there are more than 3.5 million survivors of breast cancer. That should give you hope. Yes. It's very common. It's a very commonly diagnosed cancer, but there are so many survivors. Mm-hmm. Most people know someone who's been touched by cancer, right. breast cancer. And to know that it's survivable if you catch it early enough and that you can have a fabulous quality of life afterwards, I think that's very encouraging. That is incredibly uplifting to hear that because mm-hmm. having walked that walk, sometimes you might feel like it is the darkest place, but hearing that is so, I mean, it, it is this bright spot. It is this little, you know, ray of hope out there that yes, we're going to make it through and do the best that we can. And hope, hope is the best word to sum that all Absolutely. up. So, yes. Well, thank you so much for thank joining you. us here today. We are very, very happy to have had you. Thank you. And thank you, too, for all of you at home listening. There is absolutely no doubt about it, y'all. Breast cancer just plain stinks. So let's work together, remembering the power of one. And let's kick it to the curb because every effort matters. You matter. And you are capable 
of great things. So remember this, one, if you're looking for resources that might be available in your area that can help you find screening, then contact your local Komen affiliate. And then also find out how you can get involved and how you can work towards making a world without breast cancer. I look forward to speaking with you all again soon. Until then, remember that together we weather this storm. You are never alone.